You're listening to the Mindful Psychology Podcast, a podcast designed to explore mindfulness, psychology, neuroscience, and various aspects of holistic health. My name is Jen. I'm your host. I'm also a therapist, an educator, and a yoga teacher. Join me and brilliant guests as we explore various topics and offer you actionable steps so that you can be informed and intentional about your health and well-being. Now sit back, relax, maybe take a notebook out, and let's dive in. Welcome to a brand new episode. I hope you're well. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm looking forward to today's episode, as always. (laughs) I hope that you're well. I hope that you're uh, enjoying autumn. I know that it's different for everyone, right? You guys are from all over the world. So I know for some of you, it's getting warmer. For some of you, it's getting cooler. Uh, For some of you, it's staying relatively the same. Um, Maybe some of you love autumn. Maybe some of you, you know, whatever it is, I hope that that you're well um, and that you are embracing the changes, embracing the season changes or the the, the more mild transitional um, elements of, uh, of this time of year or of any time of year really. Um, yeah, so I hope that's I hope that's been pleasant for you. Uh, our entire street is lined with leaves, which I love. I love when the leaves start to fall and the the, the, the trees change color a little bit. So we do have uh, we do have that, but the weather stays <laughs> relatively the same. Um, the evenings can be cooler, which is nice, but uh, the daytimes are pretty much the same. Um, but then, yeah, we have the leaves falling for some of the trees, and then the other trees are palm trees, so they, they stay pretty much the same, <laughs> right? Um, but it's nice, it's nice. I like this time of year, um, and uh, special birthdays this month uh, for me and my friends and family. So October is always a fun month, and I really enjoy November as well, actually. So I'm looking forward to that. We also have Halloween coming up soon, <laughs> um, different things, and uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's a nice time. Um, okay, so that's that's that. But uh, yes, thank you so much for joining me. I think today is going to be a fun episode. Um, I, I mean you know, a lot of information as always. So, you know, take out your notebook if it helps. Um, that way you can pause, take some notes or rewind and uh, and then have that in mind. Or if you have any questions, you can write them down as you're listening and then just bring the questions to me. You can reach out to me and ask me what your questions, uh, ask me whatever, whatever it is that you have. Um, so we'll do that. Uh, today is going to be a part two of last week. So we're going to get into the trauma piece that I mentioned last, last week. Uh, I said that we would get into it a little bit. Well, we will today. Um, now with all the content, please remember that this is not meant to diagnose or treat or anything like that. This is really just for general educational purposes only. And if you have any questions or if you want to work on your specific needs, your specific situation, please reach out to uh, a mental health professional. It does not have to be me. This is not this is not what I'm saying. But please um, reach out to someone that you feel safe with, that you trust, uh, and that you that you can. Um, I know that it's not always accessible. I know it's not always easy to have to get access to this kind of thing. Um, but uh, this is a start. Like the information out there is a start for sure. Um, but whatever you can do uh, with ideally a trained uh, professional would be would be great uh, to help you with your specific needs. But of course, for educational purposes and just to to dip your toes um, into some of this information, into some of this content. Sure, you know, this this content is, is great for that. But, uh, you know, all this kind of content, you know, but uh, evidence-based, research-backed content. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just bear in mind that this is, uh, this is general information. Now, of course, it's also important to remember that I, I, I'll share this information as a, as a general um like from a, a, a general lens, giving different examples here and there from either personal experience or just what I've seen with with clients, what I've, what questions have come up from from you guys, from listeners. Um, but really, we all have our own stories, right? We're, we're all different. We all have our own journeys, our own experiences, and so it's really important to make sure that whatever we're doing, whatever we're, um, like any of the work that we're doing, as much as possible, is really for us and about us and feels right for us okay not everything is going to feel right for everyone so just be mindful um if if you can about this uh these little these little things these little nuances in the way that uh, we all heal differently we all experience things differently we all listen to information differently and, and consume it differently so you know, it's, it's always helpful to keep that in mind. Um, and like I said, I think the safest bet is if you have any doubts or any questions to, to voice them, to reach out to me or, or to someone else that you, 
that you feel safe with and that you trust, okay? All right, so that's the first thing I wanted to say, especially as we started to talk and dive into a bit of the trauma territory. Um, it can it can get a little bit, uh, you know, sometimes it can it can awaken some things inside of us, and uh, and then it's it's helpful in those moments to just make sure that yeah that we're being mindful of these things and that we're we're taking care of ourselves in the best way that we can okay like like with all of the aspects of like all the topics that we discuss on the show of course all right now that we've gotten that out of the way let's dive into the episode so um as a first part i want to just recap a little bit last episode so if you've not listened to last episode um it might be helpful to do so this is i mean we'll still be discussing new things here and it could be like a standalone but it might be helpful to start with last week's episode and then uh, come into this one so just to recap we talked last week about how the different parts of our brain do different things in terms of our memory and how we experience things and how uh, this affects us moving forward right so we talked about the amygdala being this the place of the brain that is more emotional that will have more of that uh, uh, that will that will trigger a fight flight freeze or fawn response right we've talked about this a lot as well you may have heard about this elsewhere too um, there's a lot of information out there about that so that's that center and of course this uh, it it gets conditioned based on our experiences as well so the fact that we have that center is not what gets conditioned is not what is a is a result of our life we have a, a response like we have a center like that in our brains because of evolution right um, we all have it what does change with our experiences or what does what, what is more a result of our experiences is is how it gets activated um, when it's activated if it's always a little bit activated you know that kind of thing um, that's a result of our experiences and how we've 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 developed or um, it could be as we've discussed um, it could be our, our, our attachment style, uh, the way that our brain functions, the way that we behave, all of that. Um, yes, it can be attributed to our development, our developmental years, but also later in life, right? So we can still change later in life, uh, either because of negative experiences or because of positive experiences. So that's the, that's the beauty of the brain. It's quite flexible. And that's what gives us hope, too, is that it's never too late to find healthier ways of coping with life and with co- co- and different ways of coping with experiences. So that's a that's a good thing, actually. Um, so that's what I wanted to say about that. So we have that center, and that usually deals with that more immediate emotional uh, f- uh, surge of, of, of emotion, or uh, even the, f- the sensations in the body. There's a big biological response uh, and, and a series of different biological things that are happening when we feel one thing or another, right? Especially if we're feeling uh, excitement or there's like a big adrenaline rush or if we're feeling fear or we're feeling a threat, something like that. It's, it's it's very strong. But what we emphasized last week was looking at the hippocampus instead, which is in charge of sort of contextualizing all of this, right? It's in charge of memory and, and making us feel like we remember what it felt like to be in that particular situation. So it's not necessarily as... Im- um, like it can be f- immediate, but what I mean is it's not as, um, hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that I say this without it being confusing. B- basically, we're moving higher up in, in, let's say, consciousness in a way, and there's more, um, f- uh, there's more of a process behind it. There's more going on there. And yes, we can, we can be aware of it, but we can also not be aware of it. So we're not we're not quite at the part of the brain yet where we're really working on our awareness but we are beginning to there there is a we, we can start at that point right looking at ooh, once we've had that the the body responses or the the immediate responses what can we do about that right the the, the hippocampus will help us do that because it will remind us in with more context what happened or why we feel a certain way when we're aware when we're mindful of course a lot of these things can happen without us being aware and that's a really big part of what we talked about last week. Um, so we need to make sure that we do tap into that and and bring some awareness and bring some some mindfulness to that part of the process. Yeah, um, and then it also allows us to imagine, right? And that's an, another really important thing to remember. So whilst it does allow us to look back and say, "Oh yeah, I remember 
that that happened and then I felt like this and and it was really hard and that's why I don't like this feeling. Um, it just reminds me of that. It just gives me bad vibes, for example. These are often words we'll use. Um, when we're aware, when we're not aware, we might just get triggered, right? And not even realize why we're triggered, right? So one part of the brain gets lit up and then we're annoyed. We're like, oh, that's annoying. Or like, oh, I'm, I'm very frustrated. We don't necessarily think the thoughts. We don't say it. We don't identify it like that. But we'll have this trigger. It's like something inside of us knows, even when we don't cognitively know, like we don't know in our, in our, uh, in a way we can say, we don't know out loud that we're annoyed about something, but we'll feel it inside and have these biological responses. And if we're aware, if we can pause when we have this discomfort, we can then say, wait, why? And we can tap into the story and the narrative that our hippocampus can, can tell us, right? And that, that's sort of stored in there. Right. And other parts of the brain as well. But but, you know, we were talking about the hippocampus and what does it tell us? And that's what that does. Right. So, yes, we can also then look back and say, mm, that's what happened in my amygdala. Of course, we can do that. Right. Because we're, we're being we're, we're conscious of it. Um, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to decode and deconstruct in a way. All these words are good for this. Unpack, deconstruct, dismantle. <laughs> right. Really try to see like what's happening and why. And then say, hmm, how could we relearn or how could we reconstruct this in a way that we create new patterns, healthier patterns um, and healthier ways of coping and of, of going through life? That's what we're really doing. And we can go through this in stages, looking at the different parts of our experience. Now, on a technical level, we can talk about the parts of the brain. And those of you who resonate with this and who find that fascinating and who like the rationale that this offers are going to find this helpful. But we'll also look at what this feels like, what the experience is of this. For those of you who resonate more with understanding things on a, on, a, on a feeling level, right? So some of us like to understand it in a, maybe more with our, with our heads. And sometimes we like to feel things more. Or sometimes we like both. So for the sake of how each of us will gather this information, I'll try to offer a little bit of both, okay? And, and anything in between that comes up, <laughs> okay? So we will tackle the technical stuff first, and then we'll see what this might feel like as well, okay? So as we're doing this, we can have a feeling or we can have something that frustrates us or that, you know, uh, makes us feel triggered. And we can take a pause. Really important here is a pause to then pay attention, observe, be aware and try to understand why. That's where the decoding comes in. And then from there we can relearn. But really important to have the pause, right? Because the pause is what then creates space. And creating space is what allows us to then breathe in that space and regulate the nervous system, bring ourselves back down, remind ourselves that we're good, we're safe, everything's okay, we can do this, right? All those things, all that good stuff, regulate us, and then we can assess, then we can do the, the, the other things. Now, it's not really a step-by-step -step or a linear thing, because then as we're doing the work, we can get activated again. Um... And so we have to resource again and get back to a, a receptive mode, a more uh, a, a calmer mode. But then again, we, we, we train our brains in that way. So we'll, we'll talk about this as we go along today. That's the point. Um, but remember that it's not linear or on or off, right? Or black and white. It's not like that. It's really, okay, I'm going to calm myself like I'm feeling triggered. I'll resource to get into a more leveled, secure place inside and signal to my nervous system that we're good here and I'm going to do the work. I'm going to figure out what's going on here. And along the way, I will get activated again. I will re be reminded of something. I will think of something that made me sad or something that made me angry, but I'll always come back to this safe place, this safe, calm space. And that's the work. So it's a couple steps forward, some might say, with a couple steps back. I prefer to not look at it as a linear, uh, on a linear way, in a linear way. I don't want it to seem like there's a forward and a backward because it might make you feel like you're doing something wrong or like you had a setback and it's all part of the journey. Like it, it, it's all important. It's all necessary and it's all part of what you need to get to where you want to be. That's, that's all there is to it. It's not back, back or forward or good or bad or anything like that. You're doing the work and you're doing what you need to get to where you want to be, right? Of course, provided this is safe and healthy for you and you're not harming yourself or others, right? Um, as we're doing this work, it's all important and necessary, however that looks for you, okay? So this is what we're doing, and then we get to that safe place and then we can start to make sense of things. 
this is what happens and this is where the hippocampus can be helpful for us because it tells us our narrative it tells us what how to make sense of things it gives us context into our memories into our triggers it also as i said before and as we explored last week gives us insight into the future in a way or into our imagination into what we would want the future to be or what we're afraid the future might be because of context or because of precedent right so for example if I'm thinking, oh, like if I get triggered about something, I'm like, oh, that really bothers me. Wait, why am I triggered? Okay. Well, that annoyed me, right? Like it might seem obvious. Like, well, I'm annoyed. That, that was annoying, <laughs> right? And then I might feel very um, like stuck in that. Well, well, it's just annoying. <laughs> Stop it. It's just annoying. But I can also say, okay, irrespective of that, in a way, kind of separating from that right now, how am I experiencing this? Okay, how is it feeling inside of me right now? Let me come back to myself, take some deep breaths, really, you know, regulate myself a little bit, right? Which really helps. We underestimate how much the pausing and the breathing help. They really, really, really help. So we take some nice deep breaths and start to regulate ourselves a little. Not because we're ignoring what's happening. We'll get there. No fear. No worries. We will get there. But we can do so from a more from a more regulated place and from a more receptive place. So when we're reactive, we're not receptive. But when we're receptive, we're better at responding rather than reacting. So that's why we want to bring ourselves to that more regulated place. So that's the first thing. And that is a reoccurring theme on this show, okay? That regulated place of receptivity rather than reactivity, okay? Where we can respond rather than react, okay? So once we're there, for now, <laughs> okay, once we get there, we can then say, how am I experiencing this and why? Because I don't want to be triggered by this. I don't want to be aff- affected by this. This isn't healthy for me. This doesn't help me. I don't want to feel like this. So why do I feel like this and what can I do? So we start to think, okay, and we use some lighter examples last week just to sort of set the tone. Um, I talked about loud noises. <laughs> that was my first example, if I'm not mistaken. Um where like really loud noises will bother me, like people slamming and things like that, right? And then I think, okay, I need to think about why I'm experiencing this in this way, right? Now I can look back and think of why that affects me, right? Which I did. We sort of did that last week a bit. And so then I think about that and I say, okay, so as much as I am now being like teleported back or I'm time traveling back to that thing that annoyed me, And I feel so validated in that because I'm like, well, this is why it annoys me because that always used to happen and it was really frustrating. And so now when I hear loud noises, it really frustrates me and I feel so certain, right? I'm like, this is why it's annoying. It's just annoying. And it's like, fair, fair. Don't don't invalidate yourself either, right? We don't want to invalidate ourselves. Um, So we want to be gentle about that. Um, But we can also say, okay, fair enough, frustrating, annoying, it's loud, it's aggressive, fair enough, all right. However, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to be affected in this way. So I am now being transported back into this, the source of this trigger, but I need to remember that I'm here now, not there, not then. I am not who I was then. I am not where I was then. I am here now. Most importantly, I am here now. I am who I am now. That's a really important thing to do because we sort of bring back parts of ourselves in a way to this present moment. We can then from that present moment and that neutral place think of a new tomorrow, think of a new way of making associations with this particular trigger. Yeah? Now, I say neutral, but I mean we can slowly neutralize it, make it ours again, and then see what our options are for moving forward. So I can take this trigger or this this thing that I find annoying, and I can say, okay, but I'm not there. I'm not dealing with those people. I'm not dealing with that environment. I'm not dealing with that thing. It's a different context. I know why my brain is going there. I know why I feel like my heart is going there, like practically I'm there again. I get it. I got that insight, but I need to bring myself back to now because now it is different. I am different. And then you sort of separate yourself from that. So you can still get the lesson and you can still decide, okay, how am I going to move forward? But you let go of the shell of that past experience in a way, in a way. And then I can think, okay, well, now instead I'm going to make a new association. This loud noise is no longer 
all of that. This loud noise is a loud noise and I don't have to love loud noises. I can still find them aggressive. I don't have to want to also slam all the time. Like I still won't like to slam things, but I cannot be as upset. I cannot be as angry because I'm not dealing with the same people. I'm not dealing with the same thing. Do you see what I'm saying? It's in time. And again, this is not overnight. This is not in one meditation or in one moment of mindfulness. Okay, this is over time. And again, these these examples might seem silly, but we really need to start with these more subtle things or with these smaller things because then they allow us to train ourselves slowly and then we can get to the bigger things. And also these are more things that we can do on our own kind of in the day to day, whereas the bigger things we might need assistance with right? Um, We can have assistance. We would benefit from assistance with all of these things. But the bigger they get, the deeper they get, the, the, the more daunting they seem, the more some support is helpful, right? So we go through this and then we try to make a different association. It's kind of like with anything in life, right? Any change, any transition, we're always reminded because we're conditioned a certain way. And this was our reality. This was our narrative. And then when it changes, it's scary, right? It's destabilizing for us. It can be destabilizing for us. And so we learn to make new associations. We learn to build new habits and have a new routine and make sense of things in a different way, right? And that takes time. But it also takes a realizing what we would, what we find maybe is hindering us or holding us back or maybe preventing us from being happy or preventing us from living a healthier life and then consciously making that change too. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's easy to do that and I'm not suggesting that we always have control over everything because we don't, we know this. There's only so much we do have control over. But what we can affect, what we can, you know, choose maybe for our own good, we can try, we can try whatever we can. Every little bit counts. So I I think that that's an important, an important practice to, to maybe begin. And... Now, as we move into heavier things, what what this means really is, without getting too deep into into trauma per se, because I mean, I don't want to, like we do get into it and we we will talk about it, don't get me wrong, and we have, but I don't want to awaken too much or trigger too much here, so I I might not be as specific or be as... um, descriptive with some of those things but we'll talk more about the functioning of it and more about the feeling and then how to how to move forward a bit okay so if I stay kind of on the surface in that way that's why okay so as we're dealing with this if we think of really the painful things that we've been through okay we can and we can even go more gradually we don't even have to think of extreme things straight away we can think of more just pain caused and pain that we felt and things that happened and not necessarily so intense, maybe not even the worst things we feel we've been through, but nevertheless, things that were painful. And of course, it's all relative, right? It's how we experienced it as well. Yes, it's the event, but it's also how we experienced it. And we understand this, right? When we talk about mental health and we talk about trauma. So really big element here is how you experienced something. So what whatever caused you to feel unsafe or whatever, whatever caused you to feel uh, very threatened and for your nervous system to feel very threatened, that's your experience with it and that's your story. So we honor all of that, okay? And that there's no standard for that. There's no like, oh, well, you went through that? Well, I went through that. It's This is not what this is about, okay? The, the, there's no flexing in trauma or in or in pain. There, There is none of that. that that's not helpful. It, it's We shouldn't be flexing our pain or competing with who had the worst story. It's It's so personal, okay? So whatever you're feeling right now, whatever's coming to your mind, it's your story and it's and it's valid. And if you want to use it here um, and you feel safe to do so and you kind of want to just keep it in your mind there, we're not going to go too deep into anything, but if you want to keep it around, fair enough, okay? So we think of the things that we felt and we might not even realize, right? Sometimes it could be Uh, that we grew up in a very critical environment, right? There was always criticism. Nothing was ever good enough. It was was so hard to please. You could possibly, you were getting in trouble for a lot of things. You were, um, you know, things happened and there was chaos for no real reason. Sometimes, you know, it, it could be that somebody was in a bad mood and all of a sudden it became everyone else's fault or it became your fault or it became, right? And so you never knew what you were doing well, what you were not doing well, when when you were doing something wrong, when it was fine. Like, it wasn't really about that. There was no real method to it. You just knew that at any point things could just erupt. Um, for example, okay, 
Now, not always. And by the way, it doesn't have to be always. Just a little side note here. Uh, we could have experienced something, but also have had really amazing experiences with these people or this person. And it's still like the, the negative ones are still painful and they still stay with us. So, and it doesn't make the people bad people. All right. And it doesn't take away from the beautiful moments we've had. But just like we honor the beautiful moments, we can honor the ones that were hurtful. Okay. It's just part of the inner work that we're doing. So you go through all of this and you're thinking of that. And of course, growing up, we're thinking, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not good enough? Why am I always getting the brunt of all of this? Why am I always on the receiving end of this? What, what could I do to make this better? What can I, what can I do? Is there something I can do? Something I can say? Should I be something? Should I try something? And that's very distressing for, for any person, but especially a developing child who is looking to their caretakers, um, their caregivers and thinking, okay, well, I want to feel safe with you. I mean, again, you're not thinking this as a child, but really the child needs secure, uh, attachment with their with their caregivers right like that's what that's what shapes it they need a majority like most of the time it has to feel secure when it doesn't this can disrupt the attachment style like we've, we've talked about this in previous episodes but you know what i mean like this is one way of looking at it uh, if it resonates with you but really what's happening is if the child doesn't feel safe with the with the people caring for them and with the people who are meant to be their primary sources of of comfort and safety that's that's damaging to the child and of course they'll want approval they'll want to make things right they'll want to fix things because why wouldn't they right they, they want to be okay they want to feel safe and if it means having to fawn one of the trauma responses that we discuss then that's what they'll do if it means uh you know depending on the situation if it means fleeing flight then that's what they'll do if it means if they and sometimes it's, it, it happens naturally like they don't even realize and a lot of the time you you don't you get conditioned in this way you know that you know someone flies off the handle and you know that your best bet is just to to go caress them and compliment them and tell them that they're amazing and that you're sorry and that it's it's fine it's fine please just please don't be mad right stuff like that that we're getting into a bit more of a fun thing there and if this becomes a pattern if this is if something that the child is used to this will become a go-to sort of uh coping mechanism the problem with this i mean it might seem obvious but we're going to unpack it a little bit the problem with this is that then this is how they cope this is their go-to mode if they feel threatened and what makes them feel threatened well it depends it could be different things but for example it could be if they think they displeased someone or if they made a mistake so this could be at work, it could be in a relationship, a friendship, you know, anything. They might get very stressed if they make a mistake. Like m more than might seem appropriate for some. Okay? They might get very, very distressed and very activated. Like it scares them very much to, um, to make a mistake. Even the slightest mistake. And it won't even necessarily be that they're afraid to lose their job. Like, that might happen after. They might say, like, plus I'll get fired. Like, that might happen. But really, there's an, an, an instant of, oh, I did something wrong. They're going to be upset and disappointed in me. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's really, that's the first thing that's happening. Whether they're aware of it or not, and whether they can put it into words or not, that's what's happening. There's a deep, deep sense of distrust and of fear there. And then we'll enter into the, oh my God, I need to, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. You know, you fire me if you must. I, I don't deserve this job anyway. Like, you know, we, we get into that. Uh, we can get into that. So this is an example, right? Do you see how that's faulty? Like, do you see how that's not helpful for, for this person? It, it's very distressing for them. Meanwhile, most of the time, Again, we're, we're provided this is really a minor mistake <laughs> and that this is, I mean, again, even if it's an intense mistake, that, that reaction still tells us a lot about the person. But let's say it's a minor human error mistake, right? And everyone's thinking, it's fine. Like, it's, it's all good. We'll figure it out. Like, it's absolutely fine. You're not going to get fired. Like, all good. All good. Their boss could tell them this and it could actually be absolutely fine. This person will hold this in for quite some time. They will internalize this. They will berate themselves. They, it will give them a lot of anxiety for a long time. It, it can. Um, they'll still feel very guilty, uh, maybe for, for a lot of time to come, days, weeks, 
It, it depends. Someone else might might freeze in situations like that and panic and not know how to go into damage control or not know what to do from here and and think, oh, oh my goodness, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. They might just completely panic and seem like they don't care or seem standoffish or seem, you know, but really they're, they're panicked. Again, not it depends on the situation, but this can happen. Or they might uh, get very defensive or they might write like there, there are many things that can happen, but I'm just trying to give you an idea here of, of what we can see. And so this can be a result of, yes, developing years, but it can also be a result of things that happen later on. As we've discussed, we can change throughout our lives. But this here is can seem, again, this can seem silly, but this can be very, very distressing for some people and very indicative of, of um, well, of trauma, but of, of uh, a coping mechanism, right? And so how we tend to, what's our go-to mode when we're activated? So that means the amygdala gets activated. We're then like, oh my goodness, there's this whole biological cascade, as we've discussed. Then we go to that default fight or flight freezer phone, right? Pretty much happening without our, our being aware, right? Like we're just entering that mode. And then we'll do whatever behaviors and think whatever thoughts. What we can do though, is in this example, we could say, okay, let's take a few deep breaths. Let's regulate because there's stuff that we can control and there's stuff that we cannot. Now it's, scary to think of that in a moment like that so we try not to think too much about that but we really just want to ground ourselves into the present moment and say all right right like that got pretty intense even in the podcast right like I got a little bit like (laughs) agitated just telling the story right I don't know so we just a few deep breaths right and we just bring it all down and regulate ourselves a little bit so that we can make sense of things so what am I afraid of here what actually happened what am I really afraid of here so I suggested before that in this example it could have been the fear of displeasing someone right the fear of making someone angry or disappointed or that they won't like you or something like that or that they'll be upset with you or angry with you or that you know like often those are really what's 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 uh, behind the fear those things are really they go much deeper now there might also be the thought of I'm afraid to be fired but even if we put that aside like this could even happen if the person knows rationally that they're not going to be fired for this mistake like they know they they might add it to the fear list because at that point they're just spiraling but they might even know that it's not about being fired it's about displeasing or it's about looking stupid, or it's about making a mistake, or or looking like they're not um, competent, or, or oh, they're, they're not going to like me, they're going to think I'm incompetent, they're going to not trust me with things, right? Like, it's more of those kinds of spirals, spiralings that we'll have, or fears, and that will go to, or, or just any matter of things, like, the damage control is the phone response. So, we then regulate ourselves and get into a receptive state right so as we said before what does the receptive state mean it means that we're regulated and we're receptive instead of being reactive and we can respond rather than react so then once we're in there we can think all right i've obviously had this reaction i've obviously had this 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 trigger i'm feeling very unstable and very afraid and we can start to name the things i feel like this i think this and we start to separate it a little bit from our being so naming it in, in like that in that way can help us rather than saying I am afraid I am you know uh, um, triggered I am we can say I feel triggered I feel scared I feel worried that they'll think I'm incompetent or that I made a really bad mistake I feel like they're going to be really unhappy with me um, we start to separate ourselves from it sort of so we can look at it like data rather than feeling completely enveloped in it and then we can say all right what actually happened here so now obviously we don't know what the mistake is so that doesn't really that's not really the point but we can think of you know okay so what actually happened uh, what are my solutions here what what are what are the next steps what can I do here 
Um, and what does it mean for what matters here? This is not personal. This is work, right? That, that can be a helpful thing to remind yourself of. This is not about what people think of me as a person or what, what this is all about. This is, you know, first let's damage control the situation if it calls for that. If it's just a situation of human error and everything's already fine and there's nothing really to do from here except work through whatever shame we're feeling, then that's what we do. We go, I mean, either way, we end up getting to the shame or into the work of the emotions. But let's say that in this case, it's 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 a small, small, small mistake. It's already sorted before it even becomes a thing. And then we then get into, okay, the shame that we're feeling, the fear that we're feeling. And we say, I am feeling this way because often this is what I would feel when somebody would get upset with me. Or I felt everything was my fault, so I assumed it was my fault. Or... Um, I would make a mistake or do something wrong and it would it would just be it would it, things would just kick off at home or you know and I'm very afraid of making a mistake or of being disliked or of being judged right we start to have these kinds of conversations with ourselves we start to really look at the context at the narrative well I'm going to seem stupid I'm going to seem incompetent also part of the narrative what we think people will think of us what we fear people will think of us what we worry they will think of us um and it, they, these become real anxieties, like people losing sleep over what's, what they said that day or what they did or what they said or did years ago or, you know, just getting so preoccupied with that. And because of whatever reason, in this context, we've talked about maybe, you know, the, the, that kind of chaotic upbringing. It could be different things. Again, mapping this out for your specific needs would require you to work with someone so that you guys can discuss your story. Um, but but generally speaking, these are the kinds of conversations and questions we can ask and conversations we can have. Looking at why. So if I'm afraid of feeling like everything is my fault, I need to look at a situation and say, okay, first of all, did I do everything the way I have to? Did I do my job right? Am I doing my best? Did I do my best here? Is there an actual mistake here? Sometimes there's not even a mistake. It's just... Did this, did I do my part? Learning to build that trust, like, did I do the right thing? I know I'm good at this, or I know I do well at this. I know what I'm doing. I would do it this way again. Now, what am I really worried about then? What they'll think of me. Okay, so that's less to do with the task and more to do with how you'll feel about yourself, right? And then you start tackling that, understanding why and whatever. Then you learn to say, wait, next time this happens again, or you have a fear like this again, or a feeling like this again, you can say, hmm, okay, I'm about to blame myself, but I'm not going to blame myself yet. If I have to take responsibility for something, I will take responsibility for something. Obviously, we never want to not do that, right? We always want to, sorry, the double negative. We always want to take responsibility where need be and when, if and when need be. But we don't want to blame. Like even shaming ourselves isn't helpful, right? Like if we feel guilt uh, and we want to say, okay, I made a mistake here, I will take responsibility. But sitting in shame and blame doesn't really benefit anybody and it doesn't solve anything either, right? So as much as possible wanting to move into a more proactive state. And so we're receptive in that in that case and we're responsive. So we're not reactive, we're not reacting, we're receptive and we respond. So I'm receptive to the reality that I may have to take responsibility for something and make amends. But I'm also receptive to the fact that this might not be my fault or that there's no mistake here and I'm just afraid. It could even be something as simple as, um, you know, you see somebody on the road and you wave to them and they don't wave back and then you think, oh my goodness, they ignored me. But that person could have possibly not seen you. Right. So sometimes that example is a bit more clear, like it shows the the um, what I'm trying to say a bit more clearly. You could think, oh, my goodness, they ignored me. What did I do? Is it because of what I said last summer or is it something else? Oh, my God, did they hear something from someone? Oh, my God, why did this happen? Why didn't they wave to me? Oh, my God, why are they avoiding me? It's distressing. And I'm not even saying this to be silly. Like, this is really distressing for, for a lot of people. I'm sure we've all felt something similar to this. And it'll stay with us like, oh, what did I do? Right. Meanwhile, let's say we know for a fact that this person really just didn't see you. Let's say there was a way to know that you would still believe wholeheartedly that it was something you did because that's your go-to, right? That's your go-to. It's kind of like when you're watching a show or a film and you know what the characters are thinking, um, or even in a book, let's say, anything, whatever works for you, um, and you know what they're thinking, and then you watch them like, oh, 
you know, they, they hate me. And it's like, no, 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 he, they, they don't. <laughs> they don't. You guys are just miscommunicating, <laughs> right? Or something like that. But the person will believe wholeheartedly that it is whatever it is. Now, that's not always a trauma response or, or, or a, uh, that, that sometimes is just a miscommunication. But you, you get what I'm saying, okay? I'm trying to paint different pictures because I know sometimes we can get a little like... Uh, out there. So I I just wanted to bring us back in a little. This is what I'm sort of referring to. In this case, we are referring to a bit more of a trauma response and a bit more of a a deeper activation here and a a heightened sense of fear. Um, And so this is what's happening. So we first have to be receptive, like, okay, is there something I can do here? Something that I can do differently? Something that maybe, okay, not that this is the end of the world or that I'm a horrible person, but that maybe, oh, I can tweak this, adjust that, and then maybe that would be more beneficial in this situation. Now, we used work as an example, but it's the same in a relationship, right? We can make mistakes in our relationships, and we do, <laughs> and it doesn't mean that we're terrible people. We can we can make it better. We can fix it, right? And so we can learn to say, okay, I am embarrassed that I did this or that I hurt you. I'm I feel ashamed that I did this. I don't want to see myself as this kind of person or think that I did this or, or whatever feelings and thoughts come into our minds. It's, it's not nice to know that we hurt someone we loved, right? Or, it, or it's not nice to know even that we annoyed them with a tendency we had or something that we said or something that we did, like whatever it might be, whether it's something we said or did one time or whether it was a tendency we have that's not harmful, but maybe annoys them a little, or whether it's something that we did that is harmful or that is hurtful. It's not fun to know that we did that or that they thought that of us. Most of us care <laughs> that we hurt someone or that we annoyed someone, right? And we need to, in those moments, come back to that receptivity, come back to that regulated state and say, I want to feel safe in this. I want to feel safe with this person and I want to fix this with this person, right? We might have a tendency to cut this person off. That might be a flight response, right? Or we might fight. We might get defensive and say, oh yeah, well, well, you did this last time and I didn't say anything. That's more of a fight. <laughs> um, we can get into whatever defense mechanism f- feels appropriate in that moment. But what I'm suggesting is that we consider first going into that regulated state because at that point obviously we're not feeling regulated we are feeling threatened we're feeling embarrassed or annoyed or defensive we get into that regulated state we then are more receptive we can then respond we ask questions we listen so we can get the whole picture and then we can communicate with this person and this will create more trust with this person and this will create more intimacy which of course a lot of us can be afraid of, right? That that get doing that work and getting closer. Um, but that's also part of the work, right? And also probably a, a conversation for another time. <laughs> but you know, we do that and then we can get into what needs what needs to be done. And then it's like, oh wow, so next time I make a mistake, I can actually remember that it doesn't make me a bad person. And that might be really hard to imagine at first, right? Our partners could tell us, like, no, no, you're not a bad person for doing this. Listen, I'm just saying, like this particular thing and we might think oh my goodness oh my god I'm like the worst they hate me this is the worst oh god like what am I going to do I can't believe I did this I never wanted to be this kind of person like you know what I mean like we'll spiral and it's understandable it's fair enough by the way there's no judgment here this is fair enough this is part of the human experience but we can also learn to say well first of all to correct our mistakes (laughs) of course but also to say wait but I'm not a bad person if I make a mistake like I genuinely didn't do that on purpose it was an accident it was a mistake I didn't mean it um wow I'm not a bad person (laughs) like in these cases like it, it 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 happens it's human error or human emotion or whatever it is and then we correct it we can be more aware in the future and say wait in these moments I tend to say this to you and it's not nice I, I'm, uh, I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to this time. This is, uh, that's not how I want to be with you. That's not how I want to talk. Um, you, you don't deserve that, you know? Um, and sometimes we can even feel like righteous about it. We can say, well, no, I, I said that because I was annoyed with you, with something that you did. It's like, yeah, but 
what I did wasn't on purpose. What you said was on purpose, right? For example, in conflict. Um, and this goes back to that initial thing. We can get so, and I, I talked about this last week as well, we can get annoyed with someone else and feel so righteous about why we're annoyed with them and then think that it's a them problem. But in, in those cases, it's, it's, it's really an us problem. If I don't like the way, um, I don't know, if there's a tendency that someone has that I don't like, as in, like, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll be judgmental of others or critical or, um, you know, going back to the examples from last week, like people who maybe drive too slowly or drive this way or walk this way or talk that way or, oh, you're too emotional, you're too intellectual, you're too talkative, you're too quiet, you're too hyper, you're too calm, right? We, we can get a bit um, bothered by these, by, by these things and in, in the context in which, like, I'm referring right now, like the context in which I'm where, like the context in which I'm standing right now is that it's not a them problem. They're just being themselves. They're not hurting anyone. They're not like, you know, but we might get triggered by something and then say, well, I wouldn't be annoyed if you stopped that. And it's like, well, mm, is that reasonable in this case? Is that reasonable? Like, okay, we can compromise. Like maybe something here can be done um, and we can talk about that and whatever, but are being triggered doesn't give us the right to mistreat someone, right? So we also have to check ourselves and say, well, hang on a second here. Like, we can talk about this and maybe, no, I don't love that you, I don't know. Let's even take a really simple example. Like, I don't love that you um, leave, uh, I'm actually taking this example from Sex and the City, I, I, that you leave tea bags on the on the counter after you've steeped your tea, like made your tea, just leave the tea bags on the counter. It really bugs me. And so now I'm going to be really mean to you about it. <laughs> and then we feel so right about it. We're like, well, but what you're doing is annoying. So of course I'm upset, right? We feel so, so certain, so righteous. And then the other person's like, okay, I get that. And I will stop. I didn't realize that it bothered you so much. And does it make a big difference to me to put it in the sink or to put it in the rubbish? So I'll take care of it. No problem. But can we discuss the part where you berated me and insulted me? Because that's another thing. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So in those moments, we then also have to say, okay, fair enough. Don't love the teabag thing. But I also can't be talking to people like that. Whatever it is that maybe you've said, right? Do you, do you see? So there, there's always more than one thing happening, which can make it really challenging. We have done like conflict resolution episodes before. We will do some more in the future. But and this sort of introduces it, but really what we're talking about here is understanding when we need to take responsibility and when we need to check ourselves and also understanding when we're maybe taking on too much responsibility, yeah? And that can happen as well. And some people will not take on enough responsibility, which, by the way, can also be a, a, a response to, like a maladaptive uh, coping mechanism due to to past pains and even past traumas but let's say some people don't take enough responsibility and some people will take on too much like they think everything is their fault someone's in a bad mood they, they think it's their fault someone's mean to them it must be their fault really important to make the distinction here and I say this almost every episode you are not responsible for someone else's mood or for someone else's mistreatment of you you are not just like you are not allowed, <laughs> like we are not allowed, all of us, okay? We are not allowed to mistreat someone because they annoyed us <laughs> or because they did something or because they whatever, right? Um, it's, it's never okay to mistreat another. When you hear yourself say, well, I did this because they did that, we need to take a step back. We need to consider maybe a different approach or a different way of, of, of going with that, saying I was triggered by something I owe it to myself and this person, or even just to myself, if it was like a stranger that we'll never see again, or just a thought we had about someone. Um, you know, I'll, I owe it to myself to figure out why this is bothering me so much, or why this is triggering me, why this is instilling so much fear in me, why this is making me so anxious. I need to figure that out. That is my responsibility. Or it's another thing, like this was more like when we get maybe defensive or aggressive, but even with the previous example about the work or in relationships, when we, we go into more of a fawn response, right? Um, and we think, oh, no, no, must fix this, must fix this. Like, wait, 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 wait. Why, why am I taking all of this on? Why am I bending over backwards to, to please someone who, who is mistreating me? 
for example? Or why am I bending over backwards for something that isn't even a problem? Like for something that isn't even, right? Like what's going on there? Why am I so afraid? And so this is what we start to unpack. And when we grew up in environments where we were, where there was a lot of chaos and everything did depend on someone's mood, particularly the moods of the caregiver or the caregivers, where that dictated what would happen at the house that day, uh, that's a high high chaos situation. And when that's the pattern, that's the normal, where everything depends on the mood of the other, we start to think that we're to blame for everything. That we, we, at any moment, things could kick off. So let me just make sure that I do everything that I can do to avoid that. And then when it happens anyway, because there's nothing you can do, but you don't know this as a child, you then think, oof, okay, what did I do this time that I'm going to just do better next time? And it's a losing battle. There's no way of winning that. So you're constantly chasing something that isn't possible. Because no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, these people will continue to take out their anger or their mood or their sadness onto you. And we take this into our adulthood. We then think that we must be perfect or we must change this about ourselves or change that because, well, maybe that was annoying or maybe that was bad or maybe that was... And so let me not do any of those things because then maybe, just maybe, everybody will like me or everything will be okay. I'll be likable. Right? But first of all, we can't be everything to everyone. So that's the first thing to remember. Secondly, when we're causing harm or doing something unhealthy to ourselves or to another person, fair enough, that has to be corrected. There has to be awareness, correction, and and rebuilding after that and repairing in a relationship if that's the case. But you as a person, who you are, okay, if you've noticed some tendencies in yourself that you're not thrilled about or that your friends and your loved ones have maybe said, you know what, that you know, they've talked to you about it a little bit or whatever, and you're just, you know, we grow, we learn in life, right? We can say, oh yeah, maybe that was a little selfish. Noted. I'm going to be more considerate next time. Like things like that, you know? Or or, or a situational thing, like a, a one particular argument, or maybe it's a pattern or a tendency. Either way, we these things are brought to our attention. We can we can face those things with receptivity and with response, right? With in a rational way, we do our inner work to figure out why that scares us or wh- what we feel when it's brought to our attention, and the fact that we don't want to hurt the other person and and we want to be the best version of ourselves. So all of this is being done with acceptance, self acceptance, acceptance for the other person, respect for ourselves, respect for the other person, right? Love, compassion, these things are being done with those feelings in mind and in our hearts. That's another situation. And then it's like, okay, a little bit embarrassed, feel a bit awkward, feel a bit shy, feel a bit, you know, whatever you might feel. But I want to do better and I know that you're not judging me and I know that you're just bringing it to my attention because you love me and we're we're close, we're, we're, we're whatever the relationship is. And thank you and I'll, I'll, it's noted and... You know, thank you for, for like holding the space for me and for, you know, being there and for, for you know, like we, we do that kind of thing. We work together. We repair together. We, we relate together. That's a healthy kind of relationship, right? Again, I didn't really give a specific example, but you, you know what I mean. Um, and if you don't, feel free to ask me. Um, and then there are the other situations. And I often bring these these more difficult dynamics because they're really important to tackle as well. As much as I would love to always talk about the happy situations, they're, they're not always like that. Um, and then we have other situations where we're just being berated or we're just being judged or people are set on misunderstanding us no matter what we do. And then we're getting into that other territory again, right? So we have to remember that nothing I am, nothing I am, justify somebody mistreating me nothing because we can't start saying that sometimes mistreatment is okay and sometimes it's not that doesn't make sense right like no i don't have to love the things that people do but i'm not going to start like mistreating them right that that, that doesn't help anyone right and I, like we've talked about this before on the show like sometimes people do hurtful things to us but it doesn't mean that we have to go be hurtful back to them right? Like that's a choice. So that's kind of what we're thinking. And it's the same for them. Just because they might not like you, or they might find you annoying for whatever reasons I'm sure they're very certain about, 
doesn't mean that they get to mistreat you. Like, period. Period. I cannot stress that enough. Like, I will never waver on that because it's so important to remember. And so often people come in to, to, to session with these pains, with these fears, thinking, well, what did I do wrong? Why am I always, why is this always happening to me? It's, you're not doing anything wrong. When, when people are just mis mistreating you and they're just bullies, you're not doing anything wrong. They are. If there's work to do about who we are as a, as a person or about something that we're doing, a pattern that we have, whatever, we'll do that work. But we're, nothing justifies being mistreated. And if they're triggered about something, if they think you're too hyper, too calm, too intellectual, too emotional, too talkative, not talkative enough, too, uh, too punctual, always late, oh my goodness, whatever, okay? <laughs> Let's all just chill. Okay? Like, you don't like it? Don't deal with it. But you don't have to mistreat the person. Like, I always get really hyped about that because I don't understand why people feel the need to, like, bully and then say that they're that they're right to bully because that person's so annoying. Like, that really, bug, like, bugs me. Um, and I've always gotten, like, I've always blown the whistle on that kind of behavior. Like, it's not okay. <laughs> okay? Like, it's, it's not right. Um, and so it just, I think it's, if you don't like someone or if you find someone a certain way, whatever. Let it go. Let them be who they are. We all deserve to be who we are. Loud and proud and, and, and shameless. We all deserve to be who we are. Quirks and all. Again, within measure. Like, I'm not saying that... Like, again, we're not taking extreme situations here. Like, if you're a little triggered by someone who's done a horrible thing, fair. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about human tendencies here. Like, we're talking about, you know... And um, let them go. Let it be. Right? And so when I talk with people and and like let's say you know somebody would just tear this person apart like oh they're like this they're like this they're like this I'm like first of all fair enough like we can unpack all of that but we're going to be bringing it back to you because you're obviously very hyped about this and I'm not trying to be condescending here but and I, don't, I wouldn't say it like that but for the sake of the episode very activated here let's kind of figure out why <laughs> right just like I'm very activated about this topic in this moment and I know why I don't like when people do that, and I know why, right? But that's not the point here. But I'm just saying, like, we, we, we know why, right? And and this person is just being themselves, just living their lives, not doing anything wrong to anyone. Why are you getting so upset? So, so, so upset about what they've done or, or little tendencies that have nothing to do with anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so strange. So, and I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I mean, I, I say it like I don't understand. I understand. We can all get annoyed, but I mean... Why do we have to tear this person apart? Like, that's definitely not a them problem, right? That's, that's not. Our opinion about someone is not their burden or their problem, right? And so, um, but people will try to put it on the other person. They're so activated, so upset, whether it's, you know, jealousy or, or just a general sadness or, or pain that they have inside and they just need to put it onto others or, or a specific kind of person, whatever it is. That's still not the problem of the person that they're bullying or abusing. It's still their problem. And so that needs to be tackled as well. Also with some compassion and some understanding, even when it's difficult. We all deserve to be treated with compassion and kindness, right? So even as I'm thinking of these people, I'm giving these examples, I can understand where that comes from in, in some of these cases. Sometimes we don't know because we don't know someone's story and that's fine. Um, but we all deserve to be seen somewhat right don't we we all deserve to be seen in a way now you, you don't have to make, be okay with it and you don't have to like it you don't have to be in a relationship with this person of any kind in a, in a relationship of any kind with this person but you can understand you can have some compassion you can maybe offer a different perspective you can offer a, a helping hand maybe offer some support say hey, if you want to talk about it like you know i'm here you know whatever or not but we all can use some kindness and some compassion you know i think um, at least most of the time, I think it goes a long way. Um, but but definitely, I think standing up against that behavior and normalizing not tearing people apart because of our opinions, normalizing the feeling of, okay, I'm about to get really mean or or gossipy or judgmental or whatever, like spotting our tendencies, which you know, fair enough, can are human, spotting them though. Uh, and not just waiting until they're huge emotions or huge things, but spotting even the, the smaller things and saying, okay, wait, what, where are we headed with this? Like, what's what's really happening here? And finding a new normal. Like, wait, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to make gossip or judgment my go-to. 
Some people are so in it, they don't even realize that they're just tearing everyone apart. They'll sit around and watch people walk by on the street or whatever and just tear them all apart, for example. And that becomes normal for them. But we can change that. We can change. We can change the way our brain functions. We can change the, the you know, and as I said last week, really important, I want to add that again here, the hippocampus can change size. So it's affected when we go through trauma in our developmental years. It actually literally affects the, the brain, the functioning, yes, but the shape too, like the way, the way it develops. But we can change this. We can change our patterns. We can change our behaviors. We can change our thoughts. We, we can. Um, and the brain will, like I said, literally change. So this is the beauty of all of this, okay? There's, there's so much hope here. This is such good news, right? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> really good stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it takes work. It takes, it really takes work. And I believe, as a final note, I know it's going to sound idealistic and cheesy and whatever, but I just want to leave you with something a little bit less ranty. <laughs> um, although maybe it's a different kind of rant. That I genuinely believe that compassion and kindness go a long way at kind of like melting pain and anger whether it's within ourselves or within someone else it's not our jobs to do the work for others absolutely not it's not our responsibility but if we had the world filled with a bit more kindness and compassion a bit more love I really believe it would be a better place like we would all be more patient with one another. We would probably probably be less critical and judgmental. We would hold space for each other more. We would invalidate each other less. We would challenge and we would challenge each other less. We'd feel less defensive a lot of the time, less competitive. Um, you know, I understand human behavior and I understand patterns and things that are that are you know that come from evolution and that are biological and I understand all of that. You know, absolutely. But I, I do believe that we can make choices. Not about everything, um, but we can make choices. And, uh, and, and I, of course, we all have our stories, and I don't want to take away from that or invalidate that in any way. Um, we all have our own stories, our own experiences, and things that we can choose and things that we can't choose, right? Um, but for the things we can, as I said earlier on, we, we owe it to ourselves to try so I invite you today and moving forward to just try. Think of even small little things that might make you happy or that might help you. Splash some cold water on your face and go outside for a few minutes. Or maybe it's to say you love someone. Like to, to, to text someone you love and say, I love you. Or, hey, do you want to, like, hey, how, you, how are you? <laughs> or something like that. Or, or just a journal. Or to take a really nice shower where you listen to your favorite song and, uh, you know, just just enjoy <laughs> or or maybe it's to think about that thing that's been hurting you and see if you can dive a little deeper into it and see what's going on maybe using some of these tips from today or maybe it's um starting that new project or maybe it's allowing yourself to be a beginner at something and doing it with kindness and compassion toward yourself and saying okay uncomfortable don't like it don't love it <laughs> but I'm, I'm here for myself and I'm going to do this with, with yeah, compassion and kindness and with strength and courage because that's what it takes and, I, and I've got it, you know, or whatever else. But little things to begin the journey of reprogramming the way that you are thinking and behaving and to make a new thing automatic, to make a new pattern automatic, to make a new uh, uh, cascade of, of, of uh, you know... Um, of emotions and thoughts, the new normal or something like that, you know? Uh, and again, it's so hard to do this on our own. It helps to have resources and to help to have loved ones that we feel safe with, that we can do, with whom we can do this. Do it in practice. That's the most important part, right? It's not really the theory as much as the the practice, the experience. Yeah, we the theory helps us understand, but really we have to feel our way through it and actually live it. Yeah. So it can help to do this with safe people, and of course professionals. And I can't stress this enough. I, I promise this is not to tell you that you need to work with me. You absolutely can reach out to me. Please feel free. I, I invite you to reach out to me with any question you have. And if you want to work together in some way, we can discuss and see what we can do together. Um, but anyone else too, anybody that you feel safe with, that you, that you enjoy, um, go for it. You deserve it. And when you're consuming all this content, uh, this is another thing I always say, 
Consume it as part of a balanced diet, right? Listen to other professionals, listen to other therapists, listen to other uh, coaches, listen to other, you know, anybody, everybody. <laughs> no, but again, research-based, evidence-based, right? Content and that, you know, that, that these are trusted, trusted people um, and, and, and people that you, you know, that you, you know you can trust. Um, but even so, we'll have different opinions, different approaches, different way of explaining things. So by all means, like, d- do what feels right for you. Make your life filled with what you need, yeah, and what makes you happy and content, right? So, yeah, that's what I wanted to leave you on. And hmm, what else? I think that's it. I think, I think it's been a long one. <laughs> again and I think you have some information to last you until next week right (laughs) and uh and you can always go into the show notes and contact me if you want to if you want to work together in some way there are different ways we can work together just get in touch uh I'm always I'm always there for you and um thank you again so much for joining me and for letting me be a part of your day as always if you'd like to support the show and help the content get to people who wouldn't otherwise have access to it the best way to do that is to leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast player i really appreciate it i really really do more than more than you know so uh thank you very very much if you are doing that if you if you have done that and if you're doing that um it goes really it goes a long way in supporting the show and also in in supporting others so that they can find the the answers and the the support that you've found you can also share the podcast or the episode the specific episode with somebody you know who might benefit from it um yeah so thank you thank you thank you thank you and i will be i will be back next time take care bye bye